0: Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuning to the sounds of Maximum FM.ca. It is your man, DJ Mante, aka DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. What we do doing? If you can catch me on your TV. Give it radio. Pop up and on my way, go. We invaded Airways. Topping us, Ain't no us They be watching us, be so prosperous no stopping us, Ain't no us They be watching us, be so prosperous. Good evening Toronto, it is 8.30pm So you know what that means, you are live in the den with your man DM Cool Once again for another Friday edition of Cool Radio
1: Oh you didn't know Your ass better call somebody
0: Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airways right now on the World Wide Web at MaximumFM.ca. And ladies and gents, we got a lot going on in store for you guys tonight. Um I will be handling down on the solo Dolo for tonight, but definitely we have a lot of great content for you to uh, feast your ears upon. We got to talk about the whole exchange between Christine Leahy and Lavar Ball over the last couple of days. And that had everyone talking from Jason Whitlock to Charlamagne the God. We're going to get into that later on. We're also going to get into uh, Lonzo Ball's top five rappers all time. unless they got people bugging out a little bit. Tory Lane break up their beef and then also debuts at number one is Logic with his album Everybody. But before we get to all that, man, you guys already know how I do at the opening of the show. Clearly, I got some stuff to get off my chest. So, on that note, I think it's time that we uh, let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Let this bitch breathe can never go wrong with a classic drop like that. But nonetheless, it's time to let that issue breathe indeed. Um, so I uh, read some alarming news uh, that's more pertaining to Canadian artists uh, in general wide abroad, whether it's Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, all over Canada. This will impact independent artists very greatly, if I may say so myself. Um, and this has to do with Bell Media uh, pulling the funding for Video Fact. Now, for you guys who don't know what Video Fact is, Video Fact is a grant uh, that basically grants up-and-coming artists, producers, uh, just basically recording artists and musicians in general, uh, a certain amount of money to produce their own music video. And on a yearly basis, they donate about $2 million to $2.5 million per year to these artists. Now, for whatever reason... Bell Media has decided to pull its funding from uh, Video Fact, which also used to be known as Much Fact when it was endorsed by Much Music at the time. Um, but now they've decided to pull their funding away from it. So it's not as if to say that it's debunked as officially, but now the handwriting is on the wall, the countdown has begun because... Where else is Video Facts going to get these donations from? And so that does impact a lot of artists because, you know, you normally hear the term uh, the struggling artist or the starving artist, basically. Uh, And there is some merit to it because at the end of the day, the the amount of money that you have to spend on recording time and engineer to produce your records, instruments, uh, the production for your music videos, things of the nature. These things do not come cheap. They are a lot of money, so I'm with uh, you know the producers, especially when they get mad at artists for you know not for wanting free beats and stuff like that. Like if you really knew what goes on into you know recording an album and like how much this uh, equipment costs and what have you, then you wouldn't be asking for freebies. But anyways, that's another topic for another day. Um, I find that this is going to impact artists greatly because at the end of the day, it's gonna it takes a lot of hours you know to produce the income to. Basically, you know, get these resources. There's some artists that I know of that basically work out of pocket, like work out of their own pocket, so to speak, to pay for the studio time, to buy the instruments, to get this, that, and the third, to buy the MacBook Pro, to, you know, produce, you know, some of their own stuff, you know, independently. So this is gonna impact them a great deal. And this furthers the notion that the Canadian infrastructure does not really care about its artists. And this is just another, another, you know, a notch or a badge on the sash, so to speak, to further prove that claim that not only myself, but a lot of people have been saying for the last number of years. This is one of the major reasons why artists from Canada, like Drake, like Justin Bieber, like Melanie Fiona, et cetera, et cetera, go abroad and experience the industry elsewhere because in other markets, they care about, you know, the well-being and the incubation of their artists. Whereas Canada, you know, unless if it's like a country musician or something like that, they're not gonna care about anyone else. They're not gonna care about the quote unquote urban artist because they don't see it as profitable. Even though the biggest artist in America and possibly in the world right now Just so happens to be Canadian Who just so happens to be doing urban music I think you guys already know who I'm talking about But hey, that's none of my business Either way, I feel like this is a huge mistake That Bell Media is is doing right now And I think they should really reconsider on their decision They own about 70% of the CRTC um, content That's out right now in Canada And I feel as though Based on the recent boom that we've been seeing with urban music in America and in the UK and in Canada as well, because, you know, you have guys like Drake, like Tory Lanez, even, you know, to a certain extent, Justin Bieber, Melanie Fiona, you name it. They should see that there's money to be made out of this, and obviously not everyone is going to be the next Drake in terms of style and, and what have you, but there is a potential to create a star. And if that's the case, then why don't you do your part and you know, throw some money their way so that they can use that money to further finance their career and their dreams, essentially, um, When I found this out, I was devastated because there's so many people that I know and there's so many people who are influencers in this industry who feel as though there is little to no hope in Canada as far as blowing up in Canada. I mean, that's a major reason why Drake left because in Canada, there was a ceiling and that ceiling was hard to break through. And everyone already knows that when you get that co-sign in America, which we will be talking about later on, uh, that you are going to get instant. Gratification, basically And then that's when people are going to say Oh, you know, he came up, you know, he's from here We're repping, we're supporting Uh, But again, I'll get to that portion later on Because I have a doozy of a story to get to you guys uh, Very shortly on that But nonetheless I feel like this is a huge mistake on, On Bell's part To cut the funding for that Because now as I said before, the writing is on the wall, the clock is ticking, the Cinderella j- fantasy is about to be over for a lot of these guys and that's not fair because where else are they gonna get this money from? Some of these artists can't, you know, be put in a position where they gotta work full time and then do their art because it conflicts with a lot of their with a lot of their passions basically. So again, there's gotta be some leeway, there's gotta be some give, there's gotta be some pull, a meeting of the minds, compromise. I feel like SoCan should step into this and say, hey guys, I mean, these are our artists, man. We 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 want them to get the best experience possible while still being in Canada. Like, what can we do? Like, how can we help? Uh, maybe if SoCan is the one that takes over these grants, then who knows? But either way, I feel like there should be a meeting between representatives of Bell Media, some rep- representatives of SoCan, which is the governing body of artists within so uh, within Canada, and then also you know a few of these artists and and even labels that are in Canada who. You know proudly support their artists as well You know through funding financially and what have you So I think that's what needs to go down Most definitely because we're going to be Singing the same old tune about yet another One of our artists going down to America Or UK or wherever getting the juice Over there and then we're going to say oh yeah We were down with it from the start but really The infrastructure wasn't and that's The problem and that's a problem that needs To be addressed as soon as possible But do you guys agree with that Do you disagree with that let me know. Hit me up with your comments and your thoughts at cool underscore radio or DM underscore cool if you want to hit me up personally on that tip as well. Well, either way, you'd be hitting me up personally on both uh, accounts because I manage both of them. But hey, that's that's besides the point. Come out after the commercial break, man. We got to get into this heated debate that took place between um, Lavar Ball, who is like the most eccentric uh, school dad possible, and also uh, Fox Sports One reporter Christine Lakey. They had quite a bit to say to each other over the last couple of days so we're gonna dissect that see who was right who was wrong and if other parties should have gotten involved in that as well but before we get to that man we gotta get to my man goliath paul he's got a new single out right now which is entitled in and out so we're gonna play that right now so keep it locked this is cool radio and we'll be right back after these messages Yep. Yo. you're listening to maximum fm hip-hop You're damn right you are Welcome back to the show, people Once again, it is your man, DJ Mante, a.k.a. DM Cool And welcome back to Cool Radio By the way, fun fact for you guys DJ is not just just Jockey, that's actually like my first two initials. So just so y'all know. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, that was my man Goliath Paul with In-N-Out. And that was off of his latest project. So make sure you go stream that off of iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, all that good stuff. Now, for the main event of tonight's evening, man. Um, we have to get into this discussion or this debate that's been happening um, with an argument or exchange of words, I would say, that ensued between... Fox Sports One personality Christine Leahy, and um, one of the biggest viral sensations that are, that's happening this year thus far, uh, Lavar Ball, who's the father of Lonzo Ball, who is slated to be a top three draft pick in this year's NBA draft. Now, a lot of people are talking about this because you know it brings up discussions about race, about gender. Uh, about equality, it, there's so much to dissect. there's so much discourse that's happening, so I'm here to break it down. I'm not here to say who was more right and who was more wrong, I'm just here to lay it out, be a referee, call it down the middle, and I'll let you guys decide as to whose opinion you agree with versus who you disagree with. So let's get into it. So for you for those of you guys who are watching or listening at home rather and you don't know who Lavar Ball is once again he is the father of top prospect Lonzo Ball or Alonzo Ball, uh, who just finished his first year at UCLA, uh, and he's basically been known for revitalizing that program into making it into a powerhouse, basically. Now, they didn't have the best success during the, uh, during the March Madness tournament, but nonetheless, that never really impedes the overall chances of somebody being drafted, unless if it's injury or something like that. Uh, knock on wood, of course. But nonetheless, I digress. So. As far as Lonzo Ball is concerned, he's very quiet, very mild-mannered, you know, kind of, you know, introverted, you would say, whereas LaVar Ball, he has a larger-than-life personality, and that's being nice, and that's being modest about it. Like, he's very in-your-face. He has a very, I don't give a damn attitude. I'm going to say what I want to say. And not only that, but Lonzo is not the only child of this. He also has two other children, uh, Leangelo Ball and LaMelo Ball. And basically, those two also play basketball. LaMelo, I believe, is the one who is going to UCLA next year. And then Leangelo. I could be wrong. Somebody please correct me on that because I get the two confused. Uh, But the youngest one is uh, currently in uh, in high school right now, who most likely will be going to UCLA when it's all said and done as well. So somewhat of a family legacy, if you will. So basically, he's been going on national television – And he's just been making a tirade here and there, talking about how he could beat Michael Jordan in a one-on-one game right now if he could, um, and how his son is better than Steph Curry. And everyone was losing their minds. Me, personally, I I was kind of losing my mind a little bit at first, but then I decided to pull back and say, you know what? He's just being a sports dad. All sports dads are like this. The only difference is that we have a camera on him. And then by the time he said that he could beat MJ in a one-on-one game of basketball, that's when I stepped back and said, okay, this guy is trolling. He's trying to audition for a reality show. He's trying to shop for one. Let him do his thing. I'm not going to pay him any attention. So he was kind of quiet just for a bit, just for a bit, somewhat quiet. And then he said he was going to release uh, his own shoe, and he wanted to partner, what, partner up with Nike or Adidas or any of the big retailers to do it. And his asking price was extremely high. He was literally asking for, what, $1 billion or something like that to uh, co-brand with his own brand, which is entitled Big Baller Brand. So obviously none of the big big guys bit on it, so he decided to go independent which is totally fine. I'm all for it. Be your own boss. I get it. Creating our own legacies. That's the model of the cool click. That's something that I represent. So that's fine. But then he priced his shoes at $495. And again, people started talking about him. So suffice to say, he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, this guy is no dummy. He knows how this generation works as far as the information age is, is concerned. Social media is the craze right now. It's within its prime. Uh, it may get bigger, but this guy, he knows how to work the game. He knows. So a lot of people have been talking about his moves and what have you. And Fox Sports One is a is a uh, is a network that has that has had Mellow Ball or sorry, LeVar Ball on their uh shows on multiple occasions and this week was no different. So he was advertising the, the sneaker and what have you. But before that, uh Christine Leahy, this is where we get into Leahy's part basically, she has been critical of Lavar Ball. Mind you, she's not the only person that's been critical. But she decided to step in and say a few words about him and his parenting skills and how that may reflect onto his children and how they kind of go about in life, basically. And that rubbed him the wrong way. And then he went to a back and forth with her a couple of days after, and then that's where all the Malians too. So here's what I'm going to do for you guys listening at home. I'm going to play a clip. I'm going to play two clips, actually, back to so back. It's all about two minutes long all together and then therefore we do have some context uh for you guys to kind of sink your teeth into and therefore you guys know where all this stems from so i'm about to play that clip right now and it starts with uh christine Leahy uh on a show entitled speak for yourself which is a panel a panel show that is co-hosted by uh jason lee whitlock and also colin cowherd so here's a clip right here and then it fades into the clip uh between her him and uh cowherd as well so Let's listen, shall we?
2: All three sons, you got, you have kids. How rare is it that all three kids want to do the exact same thing? They're being forced to do it. They're being told you will start basketball at age six, like Lonzo told us. And whenever you asked him a question, I think he said, what, five words? And he looks terrified whenever he's talking. I asked, have you ever had a disagreement with your father? And he said no. And everyone at this table, we know, you at one point or another disagree <sighs> with your parent unless you're afraid to disagree with your parent he looks genuinely afraid but it's also telling that lonzo said he wants to stay close to home great if you want to play for the lakers i understand that but it said it's close to home he doesn't want to leave his father doesn't want to leave that nest and that's not going to go over well when you're surrounded by grown men playing in the nba have you sold any shoes yet yeah
1: i've sold a, a good amount to me how many Stay in your lane. Anyway, calling her, like I'm I was just telling cur- me, I'm man. Just I don't even worry about her over there. It, Every why time not? she scares me. To death. Kind of she says she scares Lonzo. Lonzo scared of me. She scares I me. That's I'm why I don't look that Lonzo? way. I don't look over there because really? she scares me. Well, I'm no, thinking of saw right now. I'm
2: just trying, I'm Leave
1: I'm, me alone. Uh, uh, I'll tell you four, five hundred huh. pair. So she's a reporter. Her job is to. Probe. She can report to whoever she wants behind her. What's I'm talking I, what is, to you, Colin. Well,
2: what's your what is your problem with me? Hey,
1: my problem is you are a hater.
2: Why? I, I would never her? wear
1: a big baller shirt. But no, good, I didn't Don't say even that. talk to big Baller. I heard you say I'm not even wearing. I,
2: I said that I wouldn't wear something that it as says a woman. big baller.
1: It's the same thing. Yeah, with all I, due respect, I, you're a great reporter, just not reporting on me.
2: I have a right to say what you shirt I right. would and wouldn't wear. Uh
1: oh! Welcome to Big Baller Zone. Well, you know, no,
2: well, I think I, I actually was, was saying offensive. it as like a point. No, to I didn't her it. It is. no, 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 no. no. I oh, you it it well, I, I think in order to have a successful company, you're going to have to have women who like your brand. Uh, have have- yeah,
1: if you have a woman's company. But, anyways. Oh, so we're you're not marketing women. We're talking about big baller brand.
2: They wouldn't want to work with you anyway because you don't respect women. So
1: she's, she's trying to put it. I never disrespect women. But I tell you what, you did if, on you the act, show today. if you act like that, guess what? Something's coming to you. Oh. And it's okay.
2: Do you do you think Are you wait, are you threatening me?
0: So uh clearly things got interesting to say the least, okay? So let's 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 just break it down, okay? So Lavar Ball, he felt, you know, a way when she criticized the way that he parents his kids, what have you? And then Leahy felt away when LeVar Ball kind of, you know, issued out the quote unquote threat, which I don't believe was a threat, which we'll get into in a moment. But basically, here's from the outside looking in, as a viewer, as a listener, observer of what went down. Here's here's my personal take on it. Um, a lot of people may take a racial stance to this because of the fact that LeVar Ball is a black man, um, kind of going toe to toe verbally, of course, with christine Leahy as a white woman basically now where she may have made a misstep is when she commented on his parenting skills and the lack thereof basically claiming that all three of his sons are afraid of him and that that's not the best way to parent your children now as a parent and i don't even i can't even speak from that perspective but i'm assuming all parents Uh, pride themselves in how they raise their children. And it would behoove them if somebody were to criticize that, especially if, you know, at least on paper, on the surface, that their kids are doing well. Now, for example, you have LeVar Ball, a black man who's present in the lives of his children. The obvious script that we hear from time to time when it comes to black America is the fact that X amount of percent of black fathers are absent within the household, therefore leading to, a single parent household with one mother taking care of multiple children, and those children likely uh, to become um, outlaws, basically in the in in the eyes of society. So here you have a black man taking care of all three of his children, and on the surface it looks like he's doing a good job with them because you have one child who's on his way to the NBA, you have another child who's on their way to um, to post secondary studies, and then you have the the final child who is you know working towards that goal. And the goal for all three of them is to be in the NBA. They live in what looks to be a suburban neighborhood from what I've seen in video footage from ESPN. Um, And they all get along with their father from what it seems. They all get along with their mother. They respect both of their parents, which as you should as a child. So on the surface, at the very least, it looks like he's done his job. And you know, not to give you extra points for doing what you're supposed to do, but as a black man in you know American society, as a father especially, it's very difficult. So the fact that he's doing this and he's doing it in you know the, the perfect environment to raise a family and that they all have aspirations to become something big when they grow up and they're kind of working towards that, you got to give the man some, some credit in that regard. So I can understand from LeVar Ball's perspective, and it's very rare for me to do that, uh, to be upset when Christine or anyone for that matter criticizes the way he raises his boys. And you know, as a parent, you know, it just comes that just comes from instinctive pride. You don't question somebody on how to raise their kids. You just mind what you do and let me do my thing. And I think that's the perspective that he was coming at. Now, as far as LeVar Ball is concerned, where he may have taken a misstep, um, when she was trying to ask him a question about his brand, the Big Baller brand, as far as how much the shoes are selling for the first thing he said to her was to stay in your lane. Now, that has so many different connotations to it. He could have been saying "stay in lane in the sense of you don't know uh, sneaker culture or fashion culture, like this isn't for you. But on the flip side, especially in the industry that she's in in particular, when it comes to sports media, for him to say stay in your lane almost comes across as if Hey, you're a woman. You don't know nothing about sports and sneakers. This isn't for you. And he actually raises his hand in, in in a don't talk to the hand or talk to the hand type of gesture basically. So it just makes him look that much worse in that regard. And I can understand why she took it that way and why other women may take it that way as well. Hell, I kind of took it that way when I when I saw it too because the way the studio is positioned in that in that facility you have uh, Colin Cowherd, who's the main host, who sits at a podium, basically, and his platform is, is elevated, literally. And then you have a big, giant space in the middle with a couch in it. And the couch is kind of faced towards the camera, really. But the way the mic is positioned, you have to either look at this direction or that direction, so either left or right. And LeVar obviously was faced towards Colin because that's who he's mainly talking to. And then you have Christine Leahy, who's on the little opposite end of... Of the, uh, of the booth, and you basically can't, it's kind of hard for the guest to kind of make eye contact with her if both people are talking to the guest at hand at the same time, but again, it doesn't hurt to kind of move your head in a 90 degree angle like that, or like that, for example, so he easily could have given her that courtesy, but he chose not to, and he knew that he was being disres- very disrespectful when he did it, by not acknowledging her, by giving her that eye contact and saying what he had to say, so... I can understand from that standpoint. Now, the part where, you know, he said you're going to get what's – if you don't do this, you'll get what's coming to you, and her internalizing that as a threat, that's where I'm kind of a little 50-50 on. I'm a little off of that because – I know where he's coming from when you say you're, so you're going to get what's coming to you. And it's within the context of verbalizing your opinions and what have you and verbalizing certain things that may come across as the wrong way. Because at the end of the day, that's what they are all talking about. Just literally talk, no actions whatsoever, just verbalizing their opinions. And I can only assume that he was talking from that type of context. Because at the end of the day, especially when it comes to what type of social culture you're in, when you say something like you're going to get what's coming to you in a verbal manner, then it obviously means that somebody is going to say something to you that's going to have you know equal ramifications as to what you said to them prior. And I think, and I want to assume that that's where Lavar Ball was coming from. However, Christine Leahy took a completely different route. She assumed that that meant a threat. And I can only assume that she assumed that because of the fact that she did not interpret that from the same social culture that he was coming from. When she heard that, she probably thought to herself, oh, this guy's trying to threaten me. Like, what is he trying to do to me? Like, what does he want to do to me? Like, that's totally on the call for And if you're not from that social culture, then I can understand why you may think that you may feel as if you're being threatened. But at the end of the day, he was only saying, and mind you, I can only assume that if you're going to verbalize, you know, hatred or venom towards somebody then that's going to come back to you that's mainly what he was trying to say and i would like to think you know with all the things that he's been saying in media whether it's lately or the last month or two months or so i would assume that he's not stupid enough to verbally threat a white woman being a black man in america that didn't go too well for oj or anyone else for that matter so i can assume that that's what he meant Now, for Leahy, and there's been a lot of people who have been speculating um, that this whole exchange could have been racially motivated, it could have been sexually motivated in terms of gender and sexism and and what have you. Um, And that brings me to my next point, which uh, comes by way of Charlamagne the God. Now, I don't have any recordings of what he said, but basically he gave her donkey of the day on the segment of his that he does for The Breakfast Club. And he basically said that she subconsciously used her whiteness as a way to subjugate the black, the black male in America by, by pretty much threatening his li- livelihood by saying that, hey, you're threatening me. And I can understand that standpoint, but I think it's a little bit of a stretch especially when you're talking about subconsciously. So I didn't necessarily agree with that point, but I knew where he was coming from because he related back to Emmett Till, a black man who got who allegedly whistled out a white woman and got killed for it. And um, his assassins basically were acquitted of all charges and that just stems from the white privilege that they were able to enjoy at that time so i understand where he's coming from from that standpoint but i don't think i personally don't think at least that that was the case uh so then you had jason whitlock chime in as well and basically he chimed in because of the fact that Charlemagne gave her the donkey of the day and jason whitlock stated that somebody needs to put Charlemagne in check so then Charlemagne flipped it and basically said wait hold on so you're getting mad at LeVar Ball for an alleged threat that he made to Christine Leahy but now you're getting mad at, but now you are the one that's issuing a threat towards me and Charlemagne, bas- Charlemagne basically broke it down as to how Jason Whitlock is essentially an Uncle Tom because of the fact that he takes the positions that go against uh, black athletes, and he joins in the sides of of other white broadcasters who disagree with the standpoints of black athletes as far as w- what their motivations are. He even body shamed people. Uh, one, for example, was Serena Williams, basically talking about her muscular body and how she shouldn't be wearing certain things because it doesn't suit her. So it's like you want to talk about sexism, yet you just... Desecrated one of the greatest athletes of our time, uh, ba- just based upon what she wears to the tennis court and what have you. And then on top of that, Charlamagne also broke down the fact that uh, he's always looking to br- uh, break down black athletes and tear them down. He tore down Colin Kaepernick for his stand against the uh, against the, the flag for America and standing up for it. And also he, he went against LeBron James and his whole um, uh, equality. Equality, uh, equality campaign that he was doing with Nike, basically. Yet during his diatribe against Charlemagne, he was basically saying that this racial divide needs to end and that we need to come together. So which one is it then, Jason Whitlock? Is it come together or black athletes need to stop being social justice warriors? So he broke it down from that standpoint and I agree completely 100% because now it looks like he is on a slippery slope when it comes to this and really at the end of the day, he is just defending his his coworker, which I get. But don't use certain narratives to do it because those certain narratives will come back to bite you in the ass because it will make you look like a hypocrite because you're using these narratives on one end for your benefit. But when they are used against you, then it makes you once again look like a hypocrite. So shout out to Charlamagne the God for that. He was very clever in how he dissected that. If you haven't seen that clip yet, watch it because it is by far his best best donkey of the day segment he's ever done. He did his homework. He did his research. He addressed it like he was doing a disc record and he just laid flames to Jason Whitlock. And I hope just as a fan of good talk and good exchange that he retorts, uh, back at Charlemagne the God for those statements as well, because that was amazing. But anyways, going back to the main people, you know, just to kind of cap it off, so to speak. Um, in regards to LeVar Ball, those statements that he made about staying your lane um, and you know, uh, basically, big baller brand isn't interested in women's stuff. Like, come on, bro! Like, you are digging a hole not only for yourself but for your sons as, as well. For Lonzo, he didn't ask for any of this stuff. Like, this is all in the background right now, and unfortunately, he's going to take the brunt of it because. Everyone's gonna take out their frustration on Lonzo and he doesn't deserve that. And on the flip side, when it comes to Christine Leahy, I get it you felt that you were being attacked and rightfully so. But to claim that he threatened you, that's that's a little much. Like cause who in their right mind, and you gotta be logical about it as well, who in their right mind is going to go on nationally syndicated television to issue out a threat to somebody? especially if we're coming if we're talking about the context of a black man towards a white woman Come on now. Like, that's a little much. Like, no one in their right frame of mind is going to issue out a threat and actually carry it out on national television for the world to see. So I think she was a little extra on that standpoint, but I do agree with her in standing up for herself and calling out sexism towards LeVar Ball because he did come across that and she has every right to, to make that judgment. However, I would say that she may need to take a step back when it comes to judging you know how somebody parents your children especially if on paper it looks like they're on the path to success if they're on the path to failure like they're doing drugs or uh, doing gang activity or something like that then okay I get it I understand but if they're doing being successful and like they have their whole lives ahead of them when it comes to sports and athletics and it looks as though they're doing well they're, they're, these are three young black men who are athletically gifted but who are also as well educated. That is the key thing right there. They're educated. They're going to universities and prepping up for university and have and may have plans on graduating university when their basketball careers are all said and done or somewhere in the middle of it. You have to give respect to that as well, especially when it comes to black men in America. The dropout rates for them are extremely high. The crime rates for them are, ex- are extremely high. The arrest rates for them are extremely high. The way they get profiled in America are extremely high these are things that she may need to keep in mind of the next time she decides to judge a father who has basically raised these boys in a suburban neighborhood um, that is also doing a good job about parenting and what have you I think and mind you we do question on how they on how maybe you know he may say some things and they, they don't say nothing at all but at the end of the day he's gotten them to this point and he will continue to let them to groom them into what they want to be or what he sees them as. Either way, they're going to be successful, so we should keep that in mind as well. Um, But yeah, I don't have a side to this, to be honest. I'm not going to agree fully with Leahy or fully with Ball. I'm just calling it down the middle right now. I'm being as objective as possible with this. But what do you guys think about the situation? Do you agree with Leahy or do you agree with Ball? Was she a bit too extra in her threat comments? Was he over the line with the stay-in-your-lane comment as well with the gesture and the lack of eye contact? Jason Whitlock, do you feel as though he's a hypocrite for what he's been stating? Charlemagne the God, what do you think about what he said? Let me know in the comment section below when I when I post this later up on YouTube. But let me know what you think about it right now. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. And hit me up if there's anything that you feel that I may have missed on the matter. Coming up after the commercial break, we got more Lonzo Ball to discuss as well as a bevy of other things. But before we get to that, man, we got to get to this one record right here, and I think. LeVar Ball, more than anything, may need to listen to this one time or two times or a multitude of times, basically. This is Kendrick Lamar, and this is called Humble. So we'll be back, right back after these messages. Yeah, Yo. You're listening to Maximum FM Hip Hop. Indeed you are. Welcome back to the show, my cool cats and cool kittens. Once again, it's your man, DJ Mante, a.k.a. DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio, broadcasting live from MaximumFM.ca in downtown Toronto. That was Kendrick Lamar with Humble. And now... It is time for Trip Talks. So that's three topics, three minutes three minutes each. Let's get to it right now. So we're fresh off of talking about Lavar Ball and Kristen Leahy and what have you. And obviously, one of the main topics of discussion was his son, Lonzo Ball, who is going into the NBA this year, most likely, as he has declared for the NBA draft. And is slated to be a top three pick. He will most likely be selected at number two by the Lakers. I've been predicting this from time. I thought the Lakers were going to get the number one pick and select him. But... You know, I was close enough, you know, and I'm sure I will be close enough nonetheless. But anyways, so Lonzo Ball uh, was on the internet this week, and he may have been trolling much to the chagrin of his dad, LeVar Ball. We don't know if he was trolling or not, but nonetheless, he went on Twitter. I think it was Twitter. Either Twitter or just social media in general, and basically disclosed his top five all-time list, all right? Now, I'm going to say the names from... Five to one, and then I'll let you guys decide if it's trolling or not. Uh, but number five, Tupac. Number four, 50 Cent. Number three, DMX. Number two, Future. And number one, Lil Wayne. Now, a lot of people are out here screaming blasphemy, and they are saying things like this. No! which you know, is fair because you think about the top five of all time and maybe Pac is the only one who is, who is legitimately at that list as far as all time if, if you want to ask most people. But at the end of the day, here is how I interpreted this. To me, this wasn't an official list. I think this is just his personal favorite list of rappers that he likes to listen to. Not only that, we have to take into consideration that this kid is 19 years old. Do you know what that means? It means that this man was born in 1998. In 1998. Let's break it down for all of these artists in 1998. All right. In 1998, Tupac had been two years removed from, uh, uh, from passing away. Uh, $0.50 at this time was getting his demo ready, Power of the Dollar, and was on his way to touring with Onyx and Nas and a few people in between and was even on tap for writing for people like Diddy and Jay-Z, for example. Or not even for Jay-Z. I think he even got into that little tip with Jay-Z. He put out that record of How to to Rob, actually. I think he put it out around that time, either 98 or 99. But nonetheless, I digress. Um, DMX released two platinum albums that year in 1998 alone um wayne was still a hot boy at that time and future was probably still a young boy dreaming about the future all right now here's my point for i think the only extensive knowledge you would have on any artist on this list would be Future, because Future came out, what, 2012? And at 2012, he was, what, probably, what, 14 years old at the time? So he came out during his teenage years. 57, for example, came out during my teenage years, so you can see where the gap lies. Um, I feel like when it comes to LeVar, he probably just went out of his way to do a little bit of research about these artists in particular because he made him feel some sort of way. Like with Tupac, for example, he's probably the most influential rapper of all time. He's somewhat of a like a, a legend, a folklore hero of sorts. So no matter what generation you grow up in, you're going to hear about Tupac and all the stories that are about him. You're going to want to research. There are schools out there that have programs that are dedicated to doing think pieces about him. He has a, 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 a biopic coming out this summer. You name it. 50 Cent was, is one of the most infamous rappers known in the industry. So is DMX. And Lil Wayne, you know, had his run during the, the mid to late 2000s. And Future is one of the eight guys right now. And I think this is just a select list of people he likes to listen to, especially when you're coming from an athlete's uh, background. Athletes generally like to listen to people that have them amped. They like to turn up before a game. They like to get into their, into their zone, so to speak. So these five rappers as being his top five all time, Doesn't surprise me even in the slightest bit And I think people should kind of ease up off of him And don't find an excuse to dislike him Remember, it's his dad that you dislike So don't let this be an excuse or a gateway to dislike him for no reason I think people should just chill chill out about this This is just a 19-year-old, he's young He hasn't really done a whole lot of research about other guys who came out in during that era, and some people are saying, "Oh, well, he if he likes Tupac, if he likes Fifty, then how come you know Jay Z is in his top five or Nas? Because they came out in the same era. That makes no sense at all whatsoever. Because I can relay that relay that back to myself and say, "Hey, Rock Kim is in my top five, which he is and my personal top five, no particular order. Rock Kim, Tupac, Biggie, Jay Z, Nas. That's my top five right there. Now, Rock Kim is from the '80s. I was born in '88. Paid in Full, which is arguably his best album." came out two years before my birth date. So if that's the case, how come Slick Rick is in my top five? Or Cool G Rap, or KRS-One, L Cool J, Run DMC. You see where I'm coming with this. I've done my research on, on those artists, of course, but at the end of the day, when it comes to my personal top five, it's Rakim and the other four uh, rappers that I mentioned as well, who are majority f- from the 90s. But nonetheless, what do you guys think? Is he trolling or not? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool, Or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Now, let's get to the next topic on deck. We got to talk about Tory Lanez and Drake. Now, as we all know, these guys have been taking subliminal jabs at each other for the last three or four years or so. And everything seems as though it came to an end when they tweeted a picture of each other. Actually, they didn't tweet it. They posted on Instagram, respectively. And they basically put an end to their beef with one photo. Now, it's cool. They ended their beef. Toronto uniting. Uh, I think that's one of the captions right there. Like, let's put a stop to this and let's get to this. I think that's somewhat along the lines of how that that um, caption went along. But they basically said, let's stop the beef and let's just band together and what have you, which is cool. You want Toronto unity. You want to end the screwface capital mentality as well uh because that's a stigma that can place upon toronto for god knows how long now uh but you definitely want to put an end to that nonetheless so i feel like their their little war of words was going nowhere especially when you consider the fact that drake is at a completely different tier whereas Troy lanes is maybe like somewhere in the middle over here and that's no disrespect it's just how the status quo is right now basically now I had I read a few posts um, on Facebook earlier, and one of them came from my man uh, Mike Guts. Shout out to my man Mike Guts, uh, one of the one of the one of the one of the veterans in this to- Toronto rap industry, if I may say so myself. Very outspoken, very opinionated, and you gotta love him. You gotta love anyone for that, for that matter. Uh, shout outs to freedom of Speech, <laughs> but nonetheless, he basically stated, "Okay, cool. So these guys are all buddy buddy now, uh, but." W- would you guys have cared if they weren't? You were the same people who were clamoring for these guys to beef. And then when you guys want to talk about Screwface Capital, you guys wanna, you know, bring you guys fail to bring up any artists who are actually doing their thing, the local hustlers, the guys who don't have that platform. So when they don't have the platform, you guys aren't checking for them. But when they get that American coastline, it's oh, we knew you from time. We've been supporting this and that. That's pretty much what he was saying. And I gotta agree. This is what I was stating earlier in the show in regards to the uh, to the much fact thing. Um, yeah, people in the city, whether it's artists towards artists or fans towards artists, whatever the case may be. They don't support the artists while they're hot right now, like in their city, like, like the local buzz, the regional buzz, however you want to describe it. They always wait until that Jay Z co-sign or that Lil Wayne co-sign, or the, or just that general record label co-sign from America to say, "Oh, this guy's been doing it from time," or "She's been doing it for so long. She finally got she finally got her way in." Oh, we're so happy for her. But where is that success? Or sorry, where was that congratulations or that support? When they were here performing at open mic bars or doing, you know, uh, performing for culture vulture promote uh, promoters, basically, where were they when they were doing their thing here? When they were humbly building up? And he's absolutely right about that, and I think that needs to fix up. It really does. Like, you see Drake doing this thing, you see Tory doing this thing, and there's so many artists doing their thing in the city, and that's why I feel so honored and privileged to help, you know, give them that platform. I could go on for days about who you should listen to and what have you, but I'd be doing a disservice to all the other artists I wouldn't be naming right now. So I feel like it's it's imperative for you guys as the listeners, as the fans, as the eventual consumers, to go out and, you know, whether it's buying a mixtape from the, the back of that artist's trunk Or streaming their album on on Apple Music or Spotify, you guys owe it to them. Because at the end of the day, you don't know where these guys are going to be in the next five or ten years. And if they just are having to blow up as well, then at least you have the pleasure of truthfully saying, hey... I streamed this guy's album, and it was hot back then, and I can't wait to see what he has now, now that he has resources at his disposal. Or I can't wait to see this girl uh, perform at the Sony Amphitheater, or sorry, the Mosa Amphitheater or Air Canada Center one day. I was here when she was performing at the little dive bar on Queen Street East, you know? We want to have these memories, and we can't just be phony about it. We got to be sincere. So I implore all of you guys to support the locals, support them all, support. But what do you guys think about that? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio to share your thoughts. We do have one more topic, but we're going to leave that alone because we're kind of running a little short on time. So on that note, I think it's time for the throwback Thursday or sorry, not throwback Thursday, the flashback Friday track of the night. So with that being said, let's hit that quick drop real quick. And you guys already know, man, hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you want me to play for this segment on a weekly basis. And I figure we don't take it too far back. We're going to take it back to 2009, actually. And this record is probably a cult classic among his core fan following. And I definitely see why it will be. And it may be revered as a classic record in hip-hop a few years down the road. And it's hard to believe that this song came out about eight years ago. This song came out when I was in college, guys. College! So on that note, man, we got to go to my man right here. Uh, Off of his... uh, rock nation debut project which was entitled the warm-up this is my man Jay cole with lights please and we do have the wax of the week coming up so keep it locked this is cool radio yeah you're listening to maximum fm hip-hop yes, yes, y'all, you damn right you listening because it is your man DJ Mante, a.k.a. those are my real initials, a.k.a. DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. And as promised, as I always do on a weekly basis, it is time to give you that real, that moment you've all been waiting for, the main event of tonight's evening. <clears throat> Who has been crowned? Actually, no, sorry. Who has entered the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned? the captain of cootery this week. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another edition of Wankster of the Week. You wankster, you need to stop this week's Wankster of the Week, this is a different one, actually, because it doesn't go to a specific individual. It doesn't go to a conglomerate, a clique, a crew, a stable of sorts. This actually goes to a trend that is happening A trend that is recent A trend that is picking up steam And a trend that really needs to end right now This week's Wankster of the Week Goes to the trend of The male romper Now this has been catching headlines For the last several days uh, Throughout this week and what have you And it's funny because I saw someone post about it on Facebook I have no idea what it meant Like male romper Like was that a typo or something like that Like what, do they, what, like, what does he mean by that And then, oddly enough, I see a picture of it on Facebook, and I see a picture of four dudes wearing one. And then I had to tweet about it, and I I honestly thought it was a joke because it looks ridiculous. So, for those of you who do not know what rompers are, I had the pleasure of uh, one of my ex-girlfriends showing me this way back in the day when we were dating. Uh, But she basically stated that this and what she was pointing to was a romper. Uh, and it's basically a one-piece outfit that's mainly for summertime, I would say. And it basically goes from you know the upper torso um, of of a woman's body all the way down to I would say the mid region of their thighs. So it's, it's a one-piece outfit, and then you can get it into like a pants format as well, which is known as a jumper, basically. So this is mainly women's fashion, and it has now been transformed into male fashion as well and there's different types of styles that you could go for you can go for a plain color style or you can go for a floral print or something of that magnitude now here's the thing here's the thing ladies and gents um we went through a phase where we had denim and pastel colored skinny jeans and then we had a phase where we went through kilts and skirts and then most recently, we had a, a phase that went through dresses, okay? Now, I'm going to break down each one. When it came to the skinny jeans, you can at least make the excuse that that was a fashion for men back in the 80s. You can make that as a legit case when guys like Run DMC were rocking them and B-boys and B-girls alike were rocking those, right? So you can give, the, you, you can give that a pass. Like Aerosmith, all these guys, they were, they were rocking it. You can give it a pass. Then we go on to kilts and skirts and what have you. You can make the claim that that's more of a cultural thing, like a, like an ethnic cultural thing. Uh, when you refer to the Scottish and the Irish and some nations within the, the Norwegian regions and Scandinavians as well from the bygone era, you can make that claim as well. And that's where it derives from. You can make that. And then when it comes to the dresses, you can just call that a troll job of sorts. You know, people trying to get attention for the wrong things, a.k.a. young thug, just saying. But the male romper looks ridiculous, man. Like, who – what respectable male is going to wear that? Like, I get it. Some guys want to pride themselves as maybe metrosexual or fashionistas of sorts. But you got to call a spade a spade and just look at it for what it is and just say that it's whack, man. It is whack. It has nothing to do with, you know, preference as far as – like, sexual preference as far as hetero or homosexual. Because I almost doubt that any homosexual male would even want to wear a romper. Like, I feel like some homosexual males would be like, nah, we're going to leave that for the ladies. You know what I mean? So I feel like this is just taking it a step too far. And I haven't heard any woman, you know, that I know at least that has co-signed this and said, yeah, men should wear it too. This is this is a nah for me. I'm sorry. Like, this is, this is just... This is not going well I'm not a fan of it I don't like it one bit And I hope this is just a fad that dies off by the time summer is over So the creators of the male romper The people who advocate for the male romper All of you guys are getting that collective wankster of the week Do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do And I'm going to drop it on you just like this Say you And you need to stop running. And that's our show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank you all for tuning in. And I want to wish you guys a very safe, long weekend. Do not drink and drive. Do not be impaired and drive. Drink responsibly. Celebrate responsibly. And don't go too ham with the fireworks, all right? Now, to find me on Twitter, you guys already know. It's at DM underscore cool personally or for the show specifically, cool underscore radio. You can catch all of our podcasts in full form audio at cool uh, at cool underscore radio On SoundCloud And then also uh, You can find Video clips of our show uh, at youtube.com slash coolradiocc. And you can use the same heading uh, for our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash coolradiocc. And you can catch a few clips here and there on, uh, on my Instagram account, which is at cool for thought as well. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool!
1: <laughs>